Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. This is the final message of the sermon series, The Power of One. And today, Pastor CJ has a message on accepting one another. It's easy to accept and love those that have the same philosophies, behaviors, and values as you do. But what about those that are opposite of you? We need to learn how to not fix people, but entrust them into God's care. Jesus did this. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. It's so good to be in your houses this morning. I know that I'm not with you in body, but we are present with you in spirit. I've been saying that over the last few weeks, but that is so true. We are present with you in spirit. We pray for you every day. We believe that God has great things in store for you as each day goes by. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Right now, we need to find opportunities and reasons why to rejoice. But he also says then in verse 6, he says to pray continuously, pray continuously, lay your requests before God. And then he says the peace of God will transcend all understanding. And then he says in verse eight of Philippians, he says, think upon whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is holy, whatever is pleasing, think upon such things. But verse nine is the key. And this is where it's all about you and I as believers in Christ Jesus. Verse nine says, everything that you have heard, everything that you have heard me say, other people say, everything that you have read, the Bible that you have read, the instructions that God has given us. The Bible then says in verse 9 of Philippians 4, he says, put in the practice. In other words, you got to practice what you preach. You got to practice what you're reading. You got to live it out what you're believing. So I want to encourage you today to practice living out the word of God. Think upon whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is holy, and whatever is pleasing in God's sight. But I love at the end of the verse, at the end of verse 9, it says, put into practice those things in what you have heard me say and heard me speak. But then he says, then the peace of God will guard your heart. And I want you to know right now in our world, we need peace, peace that passes all understanding, peace to how to handle the situations that we're going through right now in life, the pressures that you are under. If you will apply the word of God and practice it and live it out, God says through his word, he will give you peace, peace that passes all understanding in this time, in this struggle of your life right now. So I want to encourage you, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Apply it to your life. Cheryl and I, we love you so much and we miss you. We do miss you so much. And I'm telling you, at the same time, we are thoroughly enjoying our time with the Lord. Just saying, Lord, show us, show us what you have for us today. And I encourage you, make sure no matter what you're doing, because we've been doing a lot. We've been doing our spring cleaning, getting that done, but we don't want to cause ourselves to be so busy that we're still not just taking time to rejoice in the Lord and see all the beauty that is around us. So today, just I, we want to encourage you, look around and just see all the things that you do have to be thankful for. And one of the things like my, Pastor Cheryl just said, that we're so busy. We don't want to be a Martha. A Martha was so distracted and so busy that she never took time to be with the Lord. We want you to be a Mary. Take this time. Life is slowed down now. You have an opportunity to spend more time with God. And so don't be a Martha. Don't just be a Mary. And so I want to encourage you. Be a Mary during this time. Take advantage of the opportunity that you have. uh, Being home now more. uh, 
opportunities with your kids, but most of all, opportunity now to be more with God. So I want to encourage you all to be Marys, and when you are a Mary, be Philippians 4, verse 9, and put it into practice. Then the peace of God will be with you. God bless you. I love you, baby. Hey, you know, I am so excited about this last message today. Again, I say to you, I never would have dreamed that God would have put these messages on my heart three months ago. I was telling Pastor Katie today, as I get ready to speak this message to you, that I use these phrases, if some of you may remember, about five or six months ago, I used the phrase, pray for one another, love one another, forgive one another, it's, uh, uh, um, accept one another, serve one another, and I use those phrases about five or six months ago, not knowing that God will bring them back up in my spirit to preach on them. And so over these last few weeks, we've been preaching about the power of one, the power of one to forgive one another, the power of one to pray for one another. Right now, we need prayer like never before. Pray for one another, pray for our country, pray for our president, pray for our world. We need prayer. Prayer changes things. We also talked about what? Serving one another, serving one another, helping out one another, being the hands and the feet extended for Jesus by helping out, serving one another. But today, I want to end this series. I want to end this series by, I think, was another appropriate message for today. It's about accepting one another right now. The power of one of accepting one another. I don't know about you, but right now, there's a lot of people up in arms right now. There's a lot of tension in the air, a lot of frustration, people feeling cooped up right now in their homes and so on and so forth, but accepting one another. Last week, we talked about the power of encouragement. And so, encouragement and accepting go hand in hand. You have to encourage one another, and we have to learn to accept one another. But I want to read some of the things that we talked about last week about the power of encouragement. Encouragement this, the words you speak have the power to affect others' joy, their mood, and their future. So watch what you say in your homes right now. You see, maybe right now there's a lot of discouragement or defeat, but you can take your words and bring life to a situation right now. Another thing we talk about, your words can prophesy your future and those around you. So watch what you say. You asked for it, you got it. Call those things as though they were. And so when you call those things as though they were, watch what you're saying, because if this is what you're saying, that's what's going to be coming back to you. So you got to be careful in the words and what you're saying. People have a way of becoming what you encourage them to be. They have a way of becoming what you encourage them to be. And last week, we talked about the cat. If you want to have the cat purr in your lap, you have to pet it, you have to caress it. You have to take care of it, and then that cat just melts in your hand. You can't expect people to appreciate you and love you and respect you if you're not showing respect and love back to one another. But also it says, and do not nag them to be what you want them to be. You see, what are you doing right now? Are you being a nag or are you being a word of encouragement? You see, I was, today I want to talk to you about accepting one another. 
I love what Paul says. Paul, as you know, was named Saul. And God got a hold of his life and he transformed him. The Bible said that Paul was the chief of sinners. But God can take your sinners and he can turn you around. That's what God is in the business of. But he says these words in Romans chapter 15, verse 7. He said, accept one another. Accept one another. Then he goes on to say, then just as Christ accepted you, aren't you glad that Christ accepted you just as you were? He didn't accept you because you were qualified and you had all these degrees and all this great background. He accepted you just as you are. Then he goes on to say, in order to bring praise to God. So God accepted you just as you are. But if you have in front of you, you can see when God accepted you, what were you like? Do you remember the day when you gave your life to Jesus? But what did Jesus accept when he let you into his realm, into his fellowship, into being a part of him? Look at what he accepted. Look at what he put up with. Look at how he showed his love, his mercy, and his grace to you. In my eyes, I would have never maybe accepted me, but when God accepted you, think about what he accepted. Number one, if you have see on the screen, it says this. Number one, he accepted you full of sin. You were full of sin when God accepted you. My brother is one that refurbishes cars, and he has to cut out the rust, and he has to put all this bondle in it. He has to do all kinds of things to remodel that car. And all he does, he refurbishes it, and before it's over, man, he takes something that looks all junky, and he makes it new. Isn't that exactly what God does for you? In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So what God did to you, he accepted your garbage, he accepted your mess, he accepted your rust, and he put bondo in your life. The bondo is the love, the forgiveness that he's given to you. But also this, he accepted you that full of unforgiveness. Maybe you have unforgiveness in your life and you are mad at the world and you are hurt by someone and because of that, you have guarded that for so long. But just think how God accepted all that unforgiveness. He also what? He accepted the full of bitterness. Maybe, man, you were full of bitterness when God accepted you. You were mad at the world. You wouldn't let anybody into your circle. You see, what my thing is, is this. Another one is this. Maybe you were full of pride, full of pride. Maybe you were full of yourself. You were very independent. You didn't care about anybody. Get out of my way. I just got back from the USA. You had this attitude of being proud of who you were, very dependent. But God accepted you. He didn't look at your faults or your failures and say you weren't no good. He didn't give you all kinds of opinions that you have to change this and change that before I accepted you. No, he accepted you just as you are. But another way God accepted you when he accepted you, you were maybe full of opinions. No, I have this way, and I'm going to do it that way. And no, God, I'm going to do it this way. And no, God, I'm going to do it that way. And sometimes we're like the aching that man, we want to, we, excuse me, we want to lay out a fleece before God and say, God, I believe you if you would do this. And I'll believe you if you do that. And a lot of times what we do is we have our opinions. God, you have to do things this way. But God even accepted you in all your opinions. Another one is this, you were full of advice but not willing to accept others' advice. Think about that. 
that God accepted all that about you. And now look who you are now. You're transformed, changed, and rearranged by the power of Jesus Christ. And what God wants us to do is learn to accept others. Learn to accept others and others' differences, others maybe uh, full of pride, maybe unforgiveness, maybe others who have full of opinions. You see, listen, I remember this. In the times we are in right now, we must accept one another, get along with one another, and keep moving forward. That we have to accept one another. Yeah, I love the sinner, but I hate the sin. But I'm not going to give up on them. I'm going to accept them. And I'm going to still be a part of their lives. And right now, that's what God wants us to be. I thought in in Luke chapter 5, Jesus is so amazing. Jesus is so amazing. He transformed someone's life. In Luke 5, it says these words. After this, Jesus went out. And saw a tax collector. And you know the stigma of a tax collector back in those days. A stigma of a tax collector is he gets rich and others get poor. And he had this stigma that people didn't want to be around him. They didn't want to be 10 feet near him. And even like our social distance right now, they didn't even want to be six feet from him. They wanted to be far away from him. And he goes on to say, Jesus saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. In other words, he was there doing his business. He was collecting in a time of need. Man, he was collecting from maybe people that didn't have much, maybe people that didn't have the the money to pay their taxes. He didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care what circumstances or situation it was that people were in. He wanted his money. Then but this, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. I thought that was amazing. You know, as I mentioned, God changed Saul to Paul. He changed Abram to Abraham. And here, God changed Levi, which many of you may not know, Levi was actually Matthew. Matthew was one of the disciples. Matthew was one of the first 12 that Jesus called to follow him. Can you imagine that God took Levi and changed his name to Matthew, and God took something, uh, man, out of the ordinary and made it extraordinary? You see, God didn't look beyond his faults, and he didn't look at all his bad things that he'd done and what people's opinions of him was. God saw a potential in Matthew. You see, listen, before Matthew, before this, he helped write the Bible. This is is Matthew, who was Levi, a tax collector. He helped write the Bible. He himself himself, uh, took the pockets and the the purses of the countrymen. He himself took money from from the, the purses and the pockets of the countrymen around him. Matthew was a public tax collector to collect anything and everything he could. Matthew got rich by making people poor. But I love this. I love this. Matthew's model was get all you can and all you can get. That's what his model was. So can you imagine when Jesus called Levi, now Matthew, the people were like, 
Jesus. How can you, man, accept him and have him become one of you and have him be in your inner circle? They had all kinds of opinions about Matthew. He took from us. He didn't give to us. And they had their anger against Matthew and probably even Jesus. Jesus saw the potential in Matthew. Matthew saw the redemption in Jesus. The redemption, the forgiveness of sin, the acceptance of who he was. That's what redemption is all about. Looking beyond the sin, but seeing the sinner and transforming his life. One of the most difficult relationship questions is what do we do with a Levi? What do we do with a Levi? A Levi that is opposite of us. I like this. Your Levi is the person with whom you fundamentally disagree with. Your Levi is the person in whom you maybe disagree with fundamentally. They have a different viewpoint. They have different opinions. They have different thoughts. They have different theories. But that is your Levi. And Jesus took a Levi that people had all kinds of opinions about, but yet he accepted them. He accepted them. I love this. You will follow different value systems. You'll embrace different philosophies, different philosophy, different way of thinking. Different thoughts of what's going on in our world right now. We're all going to have our opinions. You see, listen, you can adhere to different codes of behavior, dress, and faith. That was the Levi. What Levi is different in your life? Listen, I love this. You got to get this in your spirit. Get this in your heart today. Your Levi is your opposite, is your opposite you. You see, you are comfortable with people that have the same things that you like, the same beliefs that you like. You like to have the same, maybe the same food that you like, same hobbies you like. That's easy to get along with those type of people. But the Levi in your life that God may put into your life is maybe totally opposite from you. But does that mean we write them off? Does that mean we don't accept them? Does that mean we don't forgive them? No. God puts Levi's in our life so that we can show Christ to them. I love this. Opposite use can drain your joy tank. How true that is. Opposites you can drain your joy tank. Man, it it takes a lot of work trying to situate or or maybe get together with a Levi and trying to share different opinions and different thoughts and different processes, different things. It takes a lot of, of, of energy to do that. But listen, what are some of the opposites with your Levi now? What are some of the opposites with your Levi now, you see, listen, I'm going to let you know right now, people are saying to me, Pastor, how's it going? What's things like right now that you're having to do church online and you're not able to be with people? And let me tell you, Mom Bell really works. Or should I say to the modern world, my Verizon phone really works. Uh, I mean, people call me left and right. I tell my staff all the time, I think I'm more busier sometimes on the phone than I was when I was in the office. And one of the questions that the people always ask me is, Pastor, 
What do you think about all what's going on? What's going on? And I have people that will call me and trust me. Some men are very indignant about this stuff. Man, they're, man, I, man, we got to stay home and we got to keep safe and we got to be sheltered and we got to do this. And then you have the others that call me and say, this is all a bunch of baloney. This is all made up. This isn't really true. This is farce. All the numbers you're hearing, it's not true. So I have to play the fence. I have to play the fence in where these people's opinions are. I know that if I sway one way, man, then they might get mad. So my response to them is this. My statement that I say to these people is this. My statement is I am doing, I am doing, Cheryl and I are doing, our staff is doing, we are doing what is asked of me to do right now by the authorities. So I am doing that which is being asked of me by my authorities. When this first came out, man, I was, man, frustrated. Do you know that, man, I, I'm, I'm a people person. And to keep me cooped up in a house, man, it was hard for me. Trust me. But I understand if we want to get the curve of this virus down, we have to follow the guidelines that are being permitted to us. Is that my opinion? Is that my thoughts? Is that my ways? No. That is what's been governed to us that we have to follow through. Now, I can either fight it or fight or join it or get, get mad at it. But I realize, listen, what am I going to do anyways? If I go against what's being asked of me, number one, I can't take my wife to a movie. Number two, all the restaurants are closed, and I mean, everything is shut down, so where am I going to go anyways? So I have to learn that I have to follow what the authorities are saying. You see, Matthew talks so clearly there about Jesus. Jesus was being set up by people, and he says in Matthew 22, verses 18 through 21, and look at what he says. And this is leading up to Jesus, and they're asking Jesus about taxes and what all these things, and trying to throw Jesus off. I want you to see what Jesus said. A man without sin. Watch what he says. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, knowing their thoughts, knowing that he was between a rock and a hard place, knowing that they were trying to catch him, and knowing that they were trying to make him maybe be disobedient. He said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Why are you trying to set me up? Why are you trying to make me look bad? Why are you trying to get me caught in a crossfire? You know I have to be obedient and I have to follow the rules and guidelines just like anybody else. Then he says this, he says this, show me the coin used for paying the tax. In other words, he said, show me. Because all they were trying to do is, hey, Jesus, do you pay taxes? They were trying to set him up and go against what the authorities were asking. He says, do you pay taxes? They brought him a Damaris. And he asked them, whose image is on this? Whose image is on this? If you look at our quarters today, we have Washington on it. We have John F. Kennedy on a coin. We have all our different presidents on different coins that represent our government or our president or our authorities. And that's what Jesus was saying. And he says, whose image is on this? And watch what his response was. He says, and whose inscription? Caesar's. They replied, 
Now watch this. Watch this. He said, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. In other words, he said, you pay your taxes and you do what the authorities are asking you to do at this time. You know, my uh, brother's wife, Lizelle, she's a doctor. And she's a part of seven different buildings or seven offices there in Illinois. And what they had to do, they have to keep six offices open for the normal patients. But what they've done in Illinois there, they closed one of her offices. And they made that office that they closed specifically for the virus patients. So Lizelle got the, uh, the call or the position to be the doctor at that place to take care of all the co-virus people. So she had to get fitted with a suit, and she had to get a mask, and she had to go through the whole regime. She had to change the structure of the building that they were in and how they would operate in that building and so on. But people, knowing that Lizelle is a doctor, She's been getting Facebooked all the time. She's been getting messaged all the time. She's been getting texts all the time about different anecdotes, different things that she could do to make this go away. Everybody has their opinion, but Lizelle has to stay to what is given to her. And that is, I have to go what, with what the doctors and what the, uh, the health department is telling us to do. Now, she could get caught up with all these people's opinions, and that's what's going on right now, all these people's opinions, but she has to stick to what is right. I have to do what the health department and others are saying. And that eliminates and it shuts down all those opinions. You see, listen, Jesus said, listen, I don't want to be caught in a crossfire. I want to be obedient to what is happening right now. I love in Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14, one all the way through Romans 15, verse seven. In those 31 verses, you have your notes, these 31 verses of scripture appeal to the Roman church for unity. In other words, in those 31 verses, there are, Paul is appealing to the Roman church, let's stay in unity. Let's stay together. Let's not scatter. Let's not get caught up with all these different opinions and different thoughts. Let's stay together. Let's be as one. Let's be unified. That's why there's powers and numbers when everybody is unified, doing all that we can together, not scattered and working on individual motives and individual ways, but we're working together to get this thing over with. And listen, Romans 14, verse 1, begins with the accept one another. I love that, accept one another. But I thought it was verse interesting, all the way through 1 through 14, 14 through 1, all the way through Romans 15, verse 7. What is Paul describing? And I want you to break that down. Do some homework this week and read Romans 14, that whole entire chapter, all the way up to Romans 15, verse 7. He talks about the different conflicts and different things that were going on in the Roman church and in the, in the situation. But all what he says, learn 
to accept one another, no, regardless of what is going on right now. I love this. And he goes on to say, Romans 14, verse 1 begins, accept one another. And Romans 15, verse 7 ends, it ends with accept one another. In other words, they were the two bookends, accept one another, accept one another, that kept it all together. We have to accept one another. We may not agree with one another right now, but it doesn't mean that we get all upset, mad, and against each other. Everybody has an opinion. You see, accept means this. Accept the verb means to what? To more than tolerate. That's what the verb means to accept. To more than tolerate or coexist. I'm going to accept you, and I'm not just going to tolerate you or, or coexist with you. I'm going to accept you right now where you're at. You know, right now, people are really up in arms. There's a lot of people nervous. There's a lot of people emotions are high and low. A lot of people walking in fear. A lot of people walking in faith. Man, you have to learn to be able to accept them where they're at and understand where they're at right now. You know, I, I, I'm a pretty healthy person. I'm a pretty healthy person, but there are times in my life, two times each year, I usually get down with the flu. And I want to stress that, the flu. I get down with, come down with the flu, and you know, what? Man, I'm not the best person when I have the flu. When I have the flu, man, I'm, I'm kind of a whiner. I'm kind of a baby. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. But you know what? My wife learns to accept me during those times because she understands that during these two times that I had the flu, that's not me. And so because she knows that it's not me, she understands me in my situation that I am right now. And so because she understands me, she gets through this. And the people that you're around right now, they may be upset, they may be nervous, they may be full of fear or faith or whatever the situation may be, but you have to remember, if you're getting upset with them or maybe bothered with them, you got to tell yourself that that's not them. That's normally not them. Their emotions are just running high. We need to learn to accept one another and get along with one another right now and not add pressure to the situation that people are going through. Learn to love one another. I love this. Reserve judgment that every person you meet be a new person in your mind. Reserve judgment. Don't cast judgment on someone because maybe they have this opinion or that opinion, but every person that you meet, may you have the eyes of Christ that I'm going to look beyond that. I'm going to see your heart and not maybe your opinions or what you're saying right now. I walked into the grocery store at Four Winds, and I thought it was ironic. I didn't know that they are now closing at 7 o'clock. And I walked in there, and I walked in the grocery store, and I'm going down an aisle just like you would as a normal shopper. And as I went down the aisle, there were these two ladies in the aisle there at Four Winds. And they were, man, just going at it. And their voices were getting loud, and, man, they were maybe basically at a point of starting to scream at each other. I'm telling you, I thought it was going to be Jerry Springer in the aisle there at Four Winds. And what they were mad about was their different opinions. One lady, man, was all up in arms. Man, we shouldn't be out. You need to be taking precaution, and you knew it was doing that. And the other lady was, oh, this is crazy. This is all a farce. They had two different views, and because they had two different views, they were ready to go to arms. And you know what? You're going to meet people right now that have different views, that have different opinions. But let me ask you, 
what we going to really do. The only thing that we can do is not go up in arms with each other, but to pray. We should be praying like never before. I like what it says in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Listen to these verses of Scripture of what Peter says. He said, finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be like-minded. Like-minded in what? Be sympathetic. What does sympathetic mean? Be an understanding of each person right now. Each person is under pressure. You see, right now, people are under financial pressure. They're under health pressures. They're under, man, having to be home with their kids, man, having to pay for daycare and not working, all these different things. We have to understand where people are right now. Be sympathetic. Then it goes on to say, love one another. The opposite of love is hatred, bitterness, or anger. And that's what the enemy would love for us to do. Man, get mad at each other. Man, ram horns with each other. And Peter's saying so clearly. Then he says, be compassionate and humble. In other words, be compassionate, move with compassionate, know where they're at. But you notice he said, be humble. In other words, not always having it your way. To be humble, okay, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to learn to listen and slow to speak. I'm going to humble myself. Maybe I have my different opinions, my different thoughts, but I'm going to humble myself right now. And I'm going to listen because I want to be sympathetic. I want to understand where they're at. I want to take time to listen to them. I want to be able to understand and not get mad. I'm not going to add fuel to the fire. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs, without wood, the fire goes out. With every word that you bring, negative or positive, could add fuel to a fire. But we have to be understanding. Then he says this, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And that's what happens right now, that we're right now a society that's repaying evil for evil, insult for insult. How do we do that? We do that by always correcting, always, man, maybe saying you're wrong. We return insult by saying, no, my opinion is right. My way is right. Either it's my way or the highway. If you don't believe me, I'm going to take my toys and go home. That's what insult is all about. And God doesn't want us to do that right now. He wants us to be sympathetic and compassionate and humble towards each other. Then he goes on to say, I love this. On the contrary, don't repay evil but with what? With blessings. Get that. Don't repay evil but with blessings. How can you bless one another? The best way to bless one another is to be sympathetic and understanding where people are right now in this situation. Young families that, man, that have young kids and the husband or the wife are laid off. Can you imagine what they're going through right now? They're probably upset because they want to get out of the house to go to work to pay their bills. Everybody has a different viewpoint right now. Then he goes on to say, because to you, this you were called, that you may inherit what? A blessing. A blessing. God wants to know. Watch this. I love this. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep, must keep. Now watch what he says. Must keep their mouth. How many of you know that you ever said the statement, open mouth, insert foot? A lot of times our tongue, watch, keep their tongue from evil. 
a lot of times what we do is things roll off our tongues, maybe not intentionally, but because you yourself are wound up, you yourself are maybe frustrated, you yourself are under pressure, and usually when we're under pressure or stress, we say things, do things, and act out things that we shouldn't do. And he goes on to say, watch this, their tongue from evil. He says, and their lips from deceitful speech. So in other words, what he's saying, be careful what you say. You see, we all have opinions. We are just maybe right, and you might be right. You might very well be right. But right, right now, and called us to do, all God's calling us to do is not compare opinions and get into this quarrel. You may be right, and they very well might be wrong. But what we need to do is not maybe necessarily share all our opinions, but maybe we need to pray more instead of talking more. You see, I love this. Happiness happens not by fixing people. Happiness happens not by fixing people, but by accepting people and entrusting them into the care of God just as Jesus did. Did you get that? Let me say this again. You got to get this in the spirit, in your spirit. Happiness happens. Every one of us want happiness. We want fulfillment. We want joy. We want peace in our lives. But here's what it says. Happiness happens not by fixing people, trying to be the mechanic on someone else's life. Take care of the speck in your own eye before you take the plank out of someone else's eye. He says, not by fixing people, but by accepting people and entrusting them into the care of God, just like Jesus did. I love this. Is it possible? Now, I want you to hear this now. Is it possible to have an opinion without having a fit? Is it possible to have an opinion without having a fit? Another one is this. Is it one thing? It's one thing to have an opinion. It's one thing to have an opinion. It's something else to have a fight. It's one thing to have an opinion, but it's something else to have a fight. When you sense the volume increasing, the heat rising, close your mouth. Man, when you sense the volume increasing and the temperature rising, it's a time to maybe close your mouth because it's going to lead you to a dead end. It's going to cause problems. I love this. <laughs> this is so cool with me as your pastor. I'm always being set up. So I have to turn back to them and say, hey, well, tell me what you think. Because I'm like Jesus that felt like he was trapped. Like, man, pay the taxes to those who need to pay the taxes. I'm in a win a low situation. I'm between a rock and a hard place. Man, when people call me about my opinion, I said, no, let me, let me ask you your opinion. And you know what I've learned to do? I respond back like I said, this is what the authorities is telling us to do. And I could, man, totally disagree with that person, totally disagree with them. But you know what? It saves peace. It says peace. Listen, it's better to keep quiet and to keep a friend than to be loud and lose one. It's better to be quiet and to keep a friend and to be loud than lose one. I love John chapter 1. I love John chapter 1. And when I was putting this sermon together and putting all these thoughts together, man, I was in my office, no kidding, for five and a half hours, just, man, taking time with God. 
And God gave me this right at the end of preparing this message. In John chapter 1, verse 14, I love leading up to this verse. It's talking about Jesus coming. Talking about Jesus coming in the flesh. Not no longer foretelling that there's going to be one greater. Like John the Baptist went out and said, there's going to be one greater than I. I'm not even worthy of putting on his sandals. It's talking about Jesus being in the flesh. And when Jesus came in the flesh, John 1, verse 14, says these words. He says, the word became flesh. Why? Now Jesus is in living color right before us. He said, and was made his dwelling place amongst us. In other words, now he was living amongst us. He saw all the disarray. He saw all the problems going on. Wherever he went, people in the poverty, people sick, all these things that maybe are happening in our world right now. He saw all that. But not only did he saw it, look at what he says he did. He said, we have seen his glory. How do we see God's glory? The glory of the one and only son. <laughs> Man, if you want to see Jesus, and if you want to be like Jesus, here it is. If you want to see Jesus and be Jesus, here it is. Who came from the Father. Who came from the Father to do what? Watch what he says. Full of grace. Cutting people some slack understanding people where they're at. Our world is under tension. Our world is under pressure. In Jesus' time, it was the same way. But Jesus, full of grace, understanding, cutting people slack, listening to them and not condemning, and truth. You see, Jesus walked this planet full of grace and truth. I love this. Listen, Grace told the adulterous woman, I do not condemn you. John 8, verse 11. Jesus could have ripped her apart. He could have gave her all kinds of opinions and thoughts and reasons of why she's a loser. But Grace stepped in. As your pastor, I want to encourage you, during this time, to walk in grace. Walk in understanding that people are under a lot of pressure. They say that the suicide rate is going to go through the roof because of the pressures that people are under. Right now, people don't need your opinions and all your advice. What people need is your love, your grace, your encouragement. Listen to this. Truth told her to go and sin no more. John 8, 11. In other words, I'm full of grace. I don't condemn you. But the truth is, go and sin no more. And if you know the story, because of the grace that God showed that lady, she went back to the whole her hometown and brought everybody to Jesus. Why? Because God showed her grace. Listen to this. Jesus shared truth gracefully. Jesus shared truth gracefully. Jesus offered grace truthfully. Jesus showed truth gracefully. Jesus offered grace truthfully. Grace 
and truth, seek to offer both. During this time, let's offer grace and truth. But maybe I want to encourage you. Maybe we need to keep our thoughts together. Follow the protocol of what our authorities are asking us to do. Man, if we could do anything right now, what can we do but pray? Follow the, it's the, the guidelines, the things that people are asking us to do, and pray. Let's stay away from all our opinions and all our fighting, all our bickering, this or that, and have all our opinions of how this happened. Because all that does is bring quarrel or fight or bickering or tension to relationships, households, and friendships. Then I like this. We as a church should let our light shine by doing all that's required of us at this time. Let's stay together. Pastor Cheryl, I want to pray for these individuals today. My heart goes out to you today. Like I said earlier, my phone rings off the hook. It rings off the hook. I'm not excusing these things that are going on. I have my opinions, but I'm going to keep them to myself. All I know to do as your pastor is to pray for you, to pray for our country, to pray for our world, to pray for our president, to pray for our government, that they make the right decision. And then the decisions that are given right or wrong, I have to line up because that is the way I let my light shine. I have to fall in order with what is being said. I want you to extend your hand right now. And we want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel the pain of households right now. Young families that are not able to go to work right now. And man, maybe they're having to collect unemployment. and They're not having enough to put bread on their table. I pray, God, that you will make provision for them. I pray in Jesus' name that you will provide. Lord God, as you, Lord God, quail to the Israelites, Lord, you can bring quail to the homes of those who are in need right now. I thank you that you have never left us nor forsaken us, that you are a God that's always on time. You are an on-time God to meet us right where we're at. And I pray over every household right now, I cover them with the blood and place the hedge of protection about them, that no sickness, no sin, no depravity will come into their house, that God, they are protected by the blood of Jesus. I thank you for Adventure Church, and I thank you for all the listeners that are listening right now. Father, bring peace to them. Let us put into practice those things in which we have learned and heard throughout these years. Lord, bless each household. We thank you, Father, for them, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, we love you today, and I pray God blesses you. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.